Hey everyone, Misaligned is back for a few in-between season episodes here. We're going to base a couple of episodes around the holidays and then do an end-of-the-year podcast because we definitely want to talk about the albums we enjoyed this year. But before we dive into the conversation, I want to let you all know that we are sponsored by 6131 Records this episode and Right now, you're going to listen to a little clip of For Avery by Sammy Lanzetta. It is from the EP of the same name, and Megan will tell you a bit more later on. But for now, enjoy the clip. Hope you all enjoyed that song, and Megan and I surely enjoy the whole EP, so we've talked about it before. You'll hear Megan talk a little bit more about it later, but we're going to go ahead and dive in now. Megan, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Enjoying the actual fall weather that we're having. I think the last time we recorded, it was supposed to be fall, but still felt like summer. (laughs) Yeah, I know we finished up that first season in October, early October. So it definitely should have at least felt like fall for you, maybe not so much for me. And it's still kind of sort of not always feeling like fall here. I think today it was like in the 70s, which is totally fine weather. You know, I'm not going to complain about that. (laughs) That's true. And the trees are finally starting to change color here, thus causing my allergies to act up, which is always fun. (laughs) It's just weird that it's so late this year. Yeah, definitely. And I imagine for you, maybe snow will come later than usual or things like that. The wintry weather that you experience, and I do not. (laughs) Oh, see, if I had been in state college, I would have experienced my first, you know, tiny snowfall of the season. If I had been in Western Maryland this weekend, I would have experienced a bit of snow. And apparently, my boyfriend's hometown in southwestern Virginia got some snow a few weeks ago. But here, we've just had rain and cold weather (laughs) and a bit of an Arctic blast, I think it was two weekends ago now, where I had to break out my heavy-duty down coat. I was like, I'm not ready for this at all. (laughs) Well, our main discussion for today is going to be talking about some fall music that we enjoy. And it's definitely one of those things where for a lot of people, the season will determine what type of music they listen to or what specific bands they listen to even. And I've noticed that for me, I have a few go-tos. I'm not, you know, one of those people who won't listen to like upbeat pop songs in the fall because like I said here, I don't really get to play the weather card, but I like to pretend I can sometimes. So for me, you know, Jimmy World is a big one for me like it just fall feels like the perfect weather to be listening to a band like Jimmy World and you know they have some faster songs some slower songs but I feel like for the most part they just have this 
particular sound that goes well with the slightly colder weather. I'll I'll say that for California because it's not like it gets super cold here. <laughs> See, I'm weird. Like I love the fall and to the point where I actually made instead of my monthly playlist this year, I made it an autumnal sounds playlist, which I'm going to talk about in a bit here, <laughs> but it's, I don't know, like, to me, everything in Transit by Jack's Mannequin is definitely a summer album. Okay. I mean, also, duh, California in the summer. <laughs> right. Gotta, you know, plug Holiday from Real in there. But when it comes to some other releases, The Glass Passenger, which is the follow-up to Everything in Transit, is definitely more of a fall album for me it was released in october of 2010 i believe to no oh crap it's 2009 it was released in fall <laughs> 2009 because i believe pe oh no people and things which is the fall of the last passenger was released in 2011 maybe i should look this up before i completely flub myself on <laughs> our podcast today to the point where, you know, I'm the number one Andrew McMahon fangirl on the pod and on uh, Modern Vinyl. Oh, boy. But see, the fall also leaves me kind of in a weird place. Like, I'm affected by seasonal affective disorder, so I can tell when my mood is going down because of the fall and because of, you know, daylight saving time. I'm still not used to the fact that it gets dark at 5.30 here. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, a lot of the stuff that I listen to resonates better with how I'm feeling, which I'm sure is a weird thing to say, oh, crap, I was off big time. It was 2008 when The Glass Passenger was released, and clearly the fall has left me with foggy brain. <laughs> that or it's all the paint fumes from our basement that we've been painting that have caused this. I could do it. <laughs> yep. You know, small tangent aside. It's, unlike you, I don't have a lot of bands that I tend to revisit, but it's more albums, which is why I just brought up The Glass Passenger, which I will get into a little bit more here, too. I think the only band that I can definitively say that I like to revisit in the fall is The Decemberists, but that is because they make some great driving music when you're driving through the mountains. And seeing all the colors change and then seeing everything die, because, you know, that's always fun. But driving through the back roads of where I am, especially going into Charlottesville and in parts of central Virginia, it's nice to have this good music. Like, it's not something you'd want to drive and listen to, say, Carly Rae Jepsen to <laughs> or even Paramore. So it's 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 a little different for everyone, I think. Yeah, and I, I totally get that for you, it might be specific albums. For me, you know, with Jimmy Eat World and even Death Cab for Cutie, because I like all of their albums pretty much, it makes it a little harder for me to just narrow it down to one. And I know you have a specific Death Cab album on here. And for me, the first Death Cab album that came to mind was Kintsugi, because that's one of their more recent releases and it was one I dug into a little more because it was new and they were a band I was pretty late to. Like I'm pretty sure most of their albums had been out by the time I even started listening to them. And they just have this really great sound for that colder weather. And when I 
had the chance to see them live the first time I was up in San Francisco and it was actually still during the summer technically I believe but it was like 60 degrees outside and you know San Francisco is not your typical California weather that you think of they have their own little weather schedule of their own so it was just one of those days where it's sort of like 60 and misty out and you're listening to Death Cab and it just felt so great and I think that's sort of what kind of cemented them for you know that fall weather kind of band for me i mean i can totally vouch for that i saw death cab in the fall two years ago was it two years ago and it yeah, helps it that it was ago. outside too like i was literally yeah. outside watching them <laughs> yeah like that's how it was when i saw them and i think this was in the months after kintsugi had come out but i saw them at the meriwether post pavilion out in Columbia, Maryland. And let me just say that Death Cab in the fall live is amazing. I'm actually going to see if I can pull up the set list that they had when I saw them because it definitely had that nice feel to it. Personally, I am more of a narrow stairs fan in the fall, Mm -hmm. partially because of Grapevine Fires, which also made it into my autumnal mix this year. I love that song. And when I re-listened to the whole album, I forgot how great it was just for the fall. Death Cab has a solid place in my heart. There's no denying that. But Narrow Stairs, I could listen to that endlessly in the fall. And surprisingly, I don't own it on a record. I have Transatlanticism. I have Plans. I have Codes and Keys. And I have Kintsugi. I just don't have Narrow Stairs yet. One day I will. Have to get on that. (laughs) Yep. It'll happen one of these days. Yeah. One of the other bands that I think I saw during the fall or, you know, in the colder weather months, it's sort of hard for me to keep track because I saw this band when I was in Philly. So I went to go see Manchester Orchestra and it was a very, very different concert experience because it was on Temple's campus and... It was in like some sort of auditorium they had. So it was a seated Manchester Orchestra concert. So you were in like these cushiony seats. And for me, as someone who is so used to going to a concert and standing, I was very confused. I was like, are we supposed to stand? Can we stand still? Or should we all just sit so everyone can see? (laughs) And, you know, I think everyone pretty much ended up sitting. And it was just one of those things where cope and hope had recently come out so it was during that album cycle and hope being an acoustic version of cope it was one of those things where that album just hit me as a fall album i was like yes this is like the perfect time for something like this and you know i haven't paid too much attention to what time of the year albums come out because I feel like you can have bands that sort of just always have this fall vibe but they'll release an album anytime during the year and then you have someone like Taylor Swift who consistently releases albums in the fall but certainly they do not feel like fall albums because they're these big pop productions and everything like that so it's not necessarily dependent on whether or not an album came out in the fall for me either. That makes sense. I mean if I were to pick an album from Manchester's discography at this point right now it'd probably be multiple ones Mm -hmm. solely because 
I'm like a virgin losing a child I have felt has always had a nice fall vibe to it. Whereas Mean Everything to Nothing definitely is more of a summer album for me. Okay. And as you were saying with the Cope and Hope records, definitely Hope over Cope for me. And their new one, A Black Mile to the Surface, yeah, definitely has some good fall vibes to it. And that came out earlier in the year. Yeah. And it's funny, you should talk about shows that are seated because I actually saw Boney Bear at the beginning of this month. Okay. And to me, I don't have this in our doc, but it is a quintessential fall band for me. Unfortunately, I did not get tickets in the seated section like my friend or my boyfriend's sister, but I was in the back standing and it was still an amazing time. Like it was a perfect fall evening to see them and it was wonderful. I know that their new record came out well before the fall this year and hearing most of it live and then some, oh man, I almost cried. And of course, this is a common theme for me at shows now that I'm getting older is I'm going to turn into that girl that starts crying over everything. (laughs) Just like um, they performed. Oh, gosh, I'm like totally blanking. This is not good. But they performed a song and uh, a Holocene. There we go. They performed Holocene. And I looked up at my boyfriend. I was like, I'm sorry if I start crying now. This is... This is a good fall song. Like, this song just gets me every time when I listen to it in the fall. But if I move on to happier things, I go to The Glass Passenger. Everything in Transit might be, like, one of my favorite albums of all time, but... It's so good. The Glass Passenger might be one of my favorite Jack's Mannequin albums, like, ever. Like, definitely, probably number one on my list, surprisingly. But it's got a good classic rock vibe to it. And I think it's a sound that Andrew should have stuck with. Okay. Like, you get a little bit of that on people and things, particularly with Platform Fire, which is also in my fall playlist. Heard that the other day, and I was like, yep, this is a good, good fall song. But there's something about The Glass Passenger that just makes the fall feel like fall. Maybe it's because there's the classic rock influence into it with just a dab of folk music. And that's actually why I have a lot of fault. Like, when I listen to things in the fall, it definitely leans less poppy, less upbeat, and more towards the folksy, rugged aspect of stuff, which is pretty cool, I think. Just shows where my head's at, really. And if I continue on with the albums here, Thrice's Viasu, which I swear I always pronounce wrong, but that one also weirdly is on my fall list, along with parts of the Alchemy series that they released. There's just something I think that might be the hardest record or series of records, if I go into the Alchemy or Artists, I should say, that I listen to in the fall. But there's something about Dustin Kensrue's voice that just makes fall fall for me, too. It's really weird. There's definitely a certain sound for everyone that lends to fall releases. And I know in a little bit, we want to dive in a little more on what makes a fall release 
you know, not a fall release, but what makes an album a fall listen for us. And I listed off a few artists here, but there's certainly a lot more if I really, you know, went through and scoured my entire music collection. I'm sure, you know, Brian Fallon's Painkillers would make it on that list for me too, or very specific albums like you have been mentioning. And it's just one of those things where because I've been pretty bad at listening to music lately, it's something that I didn't put too much thought into until we started prepping for this podcast. And I know we are probably both in agreement that Julian Baker makes some great fall music if you just want to sort of like, you know, sit inside and be sad or something like that. And Oh my gosh, yes. You know, before we dive into, you know, what makes those a good fall listen, do you want to tell us a little bit more about 6131 Records? Certainly. So as Deanna mentioned earlier, this episode of Misaligned is sponsored by 6131 Records. They got their start in Deanna's backyard of Huntington Beach, California back in 2006 and are now located in my quasi-backyard of Richmond, Virginia. Their catalog includes great releases such as Touche Amours, To the Beat of a Dead Horse, Julian Baker's Sprained Ankle, Peach by Culture Abuse, and Suburban Living's Almost Paradise. So, while we're on the topic of some of their releases, they do have a few recent releases out. In November, they released the new album from Kindling, titled Hush. Modern Vinyl has a featured track listed with them featuring some of their influences, including Black Sabbath, Neil Young and Crazy Horse, and Burt Jantz. Kindling started as the recording project of Stephen Pierce and Gretchen Williams back in 2014, while the East Hampton, Massachusetts natives have now evolved full band. Their latest album was recorded by Justin Pizzoferrato, who has previously worked with the Pixies, Speedy Ortiz, The Hold Steady, and the awesome and totally wonderful Dinosaur Jr. Another one of their recent releases is from our intro song artist. Sammy Lanzetta is an artist who we've talked about a bit in our previous podcasts, and her most recent release is the For Avery EP. You can grab that one digitally, on cassette, or on CD. She'll be on tour with Diet Sig from November 27th through December 3rd, and the EP is described as raw anthems for standing up for yourself and celebrations of both strength and vulnerability. I saw her perform a few weeks ago, actually when Julian Baker was in town, (laughs) on the same day, what are the odds, and she is just absolutely fantastic live. I actually did a feature with her not too long ago, and she said that she's just going for this whole anxiety rock thing. So... You can grab both of those releases and dig into the label's back catalog over at 6131records.com. Yes, and I highly suggest checking out the label because they put out a ton of great stuff. And like Megan said, we've talked about them before and some of their artists before. So definitely do that. But now we are going to turn it back to our fall music topic. So Megan, I know I put in the notes here that I just pretend like I can play the weather card when it comes to fall. So, you know, being in California, we don't get a ton of rainy days because hello drought, you know, we're still sort of suffering through that over here. And while it has sprinkled here and there and maybe rained like one or two days this fall, it hasn't really had any 
impact <laughs> on the weather too much. So we haven't had full on days of rain, which, you know, maybe we'll get a few more of those in December or as winter starts to roll around. But for me, it's just sort of the cooler weather, you know, it's not the 80 plus 90 plus degree weather that we are used to in the summer these days. And you sort of get to just curl up and, you know, stay inside for a bit because, hey, it's nice, but sometimes it's a little too chilly out, which maybe is more so the case for you than it is me. But you you know what I am getting at here. <laughs> I do. And it's funny you should mention the whole weather thing, because when you went to Drexel, mm -hmm. you definitely experienced some of the changing of the seasons that Pennsylvania is notorious for. Yes, very much so. It is the state that features the natural fall Grand Canyon, I guess you could say, in the heart of central PA with all the mountains and the foliage is beautiful. And I kind of miss it. Like, Virginia just doesn't really compare at times to that. But I know in California, you guys had a lot of fires, too, yeah. especially out near Anaheim. Yeah, we typically get those, like, the end of summer. It's like a year, it, it's a yearly occurrence around here because when I was in high school, we would be practicing on the basketball courts that were outdoors in September because... I believe it was volleyball was the first sport up. So they had priority in the gyms. So we would literally have days where we couldn't even practice because the fires were like, they weren't like super, super close to the school to where we had to evacuate, but you could have, you could see the ash coming down and it was just like gross in the air. So they would, you know, cancel practice every now and then because of the fires. And, you know, this year the same thing happened and we actually had them throughout a good part of California, too, because we had some down here and then we had some up in wine country, as some people call it, up in, you know, Napa Valley, Sonoma Valley area. And it's just one of those things where when it gets really hot, you know, the fires are really bad. And then it's like a few week period where that happens. And then once it cools down, that sort of, you know, goes away. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to put grapevine fires on my fall playlist because of everything that's happened this year, but it weirdly fits. Yeah. And I don't, like, want to be funny by putting that on there because it, it's really serious. It's a huge serious matter, but right. it is a very fall-feeling sound. Like, also included on my playlist, you know, there's some stuff... I think the most upbeat song on here is the Homemade Dynamite remix featuring Post Malone, Khalid, and SZA with Lord. But it's a lot, it definitely is more folksy. Like, if it's something that makes you want to drink hot cider while wearing a cozy sweater and celebrate, you know, all things pumpkin-y and all things related to hayrides and bonfires, <laughs> I think that makes a really good fall album. For example, on also on my playlist, I have artists like The Deep Dark Woods, Lolan Hum, the Modern Romance cover by TV on the Radio, originally done by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, but kind of slowed down to a point by TV on the Radio. And Sarah Bareilles is also on here with uh, Josh Ritter and Van William featuring First Aid Kit. 
those are mostly folksy or folk leaning artists and all of those songs make me want to go get a hayride or go hang around a bonfire and because i went to penn state for some reason i will always associate wagon wheel with hayrides don't ask me why it's a song that really is polarizing. You either really love it or you absolutely hate it. I'm in the camp that the Old Crow Medicine Show version is amazing, as is Koji's version and Against Me's version. However, if you try to play the Darius Rucker version around me, I will probably thump you over the head with the closest object I can find. Like, I am... I am a firm believer of wagon wheel season, much to my boyfriend, Chagrin. He is not a fan of that song. There are definitely a lot of versions, too. Yeah, but apparently it gets things a little bit geographically wrong from what he said. But as I mentioned earlier, he's from Southwest Virginia, so I'm sure it was played ad nauseum there. <laughs> to the point like where he's on the border of Virginia and Tennessee, and Johnson City is not that far of a drive. So maybe it's a song I shouldn't play whenever I make the trek down there. <laughs> I think you're definitely much better at making playlists than I am in general, because I know you sort of keep up with a lot of new stuff you're listening to that way. And I don't know why I don't really do that, but I feel like because most of the time I'm listening to stuff off of advances or just listening to the really big releases that no one would ever send me in advance. It's one of those things where I just forget to do it because then I'm also really bad at keeping track of when people send me albums, when they're actually coming out. So sometimes I'll get something, I'll download it, and I'll totally miss the release date on it. And it's just one of those things where I have never been huge on making playlists. I have a few that are like genre related, but I've never made seasonal playlists or anything like I know you do. Yeah, like this was my first time actually doing a seasonal playlist, uh, Christmas music notwithstanding, because that usually is for December. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to that in a future episode. I'm yes. already excited about this, <laughs> even though we are clearly recording before Thanksgiving. But as I mentioned earlier, with seasonal affective disorder, it kind of goes hand in hand with the depression I've battled for years, along with the anxiety. And the making of a playlist is really soothing and therapeutic. And I made the decision to do a fall mix this year because, A, I kind of kept forgetting to do a monthly playlist. And I had songs on Spotify just kind of accumulating. And I said, it's just going to be a fall one now. That's fine. But this fall in particular, things have been really rough. Like, you look at the news, and it's just one of the most disheartening things ever. And with that, you know, I do want to touch upon brand new a little bit. There is a glaring hole in my fall releases this year and, like, what makes a really good fall release. If we had recorded this episode any earlier... There's no doubt in my mind that The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me would be essentially the quintessential fall record for me. But with the light of the allegations against Jesse Lacey, I can't in good faith support them or even have it in my fall rotation. It hurts, but there are better fall releases out there. 
that can be discovered. It, I think that one in particular really resonated because it was moody. It was dark. It was everything that would keep me going through the fall at times. And it's okay to keep it out of rotation. It's for a better conscience, which I everything everyone needs like a nicer, clear-headed mind in times like these, you know? Yeah, plus with the news about J- Jesse Lacey coming out too, I think that's going to affect a lot of end of the year lists as well, which is something we will also be talking about later on in another episode, but you know, with their final album coming out this year and then this coming after that it's one of those things where so many people were talking about that new album for so long and I actually saw them live for the first time just this year a couple months ago actually pretty much and it's one of those things where I feel like this one really hit the music scene that you and I take part of, take part in particularly hard it did i mean being on the internet right now has made me want to scream because we still have the rabid brand new fan base saying jesse's innocent don't let this ruin a good record you should be able to separate the art from the artist but when you're so emotionally invested in an album especially like me with the devil and god and you hear news like this it's harder to do that like it's just something I can't actually do and you know I've had to drop several artists because of that because it's just something that shouldn't be done right and like I said there are better fall albums out there I guess what I'm reaching at here is that the overall tone of a fall album kind of does have a darker tone to it kind of does have more of a I don't know what word I'm looking for I can see it in my head (laughs) I just can't get it out say it's not exactly rose colored like everything is in the summer or even in the spring it's more oh gosh on today's episode of Miss Line this is the episode where I have many brain farts (laughs) because that's what the fall does I do Um, know what you're getting at though it's one of those things where fall albums. monochromatic there we go that's the word i'm looking for is monochromatic okay <laughs> i don't think i would have been able to think of that for you but i knew what you were getting at <laughs> <laughs> one day we will have co-host esp but with the monochromatic stuff like in the spring and the summer everything is so vibrant and full of color and essentially everything comes to life in technicolor but in the fall and winter months everything dies down You get that great display of colors with the leaves, but then once they start to turn brown, everything kind of blends in together, and it's just, it feels like every day kind of starts off with a little bit of a gray haze to it. Yeah, I would also like to add that the early November, because of their band title, probably has some good fall listens in there, too. I don't know why it took me so long to think of that. Literally, as soon as you said the thing about the leaves, I was like, oh, yeah, there's them. (laughs) And I would say with that, you know, the mother, the mechanic in the path or the room's too cold would be like quintessential fall albums as well. Yeah. If we dive into their EPs for all of this or the acoustic EP, like really digging back deep into their discography would 
really be fall-like, and I kind of want to listen to this now. Should not hit play, because <laughs> it's been forever since I've heard I Want to Hear You Sad. Well, we can go ahead and move on to recommendations if you want to wrap this up so you can go listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need an episode of me singing my heart out to Ace Enders. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, my list of recommendations is kind of a lot compared to yours this week. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the Animal Crossing Pocket Camp for the mobile devices. This hasn't officially come out as of recording time, but it's something I'm looking forward to playing on my phone, especially since it's free, and because I love the Animal Crossing franchise. I've heard good things about it. It looks promising, so I'm going to recommend it to you guys without ever having tried <laughs> it. Bold recommendation this week. Yes. Well, I mean, my favorite Animal Crossing character is Tangy, who is an orange cat. So, you know, there we go. But I also have the Bleachers MTV Unplugged record up for a recommendation. Like, you cannot go wrong with Jack Antonoff Live. I, need I to wish I would have been that. at the taping... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And in fitting with our fall music podcast today, I also have the new record by Blitz and Trapper called Wild and Reckless on here. I think you would actually enjoy listening to it. Blitz and Trapper has some country leanings to it. It's more of like the southern jangly classic rock in a way, too. Okay. They sound familiar, but I don't think I have ever listened to them. They have a song called Fur with two R's that you might be familiar with. I think when we stop recording, you should go listen to it because it's definitely the song that I think everyone has heard at some point. Okay. Might have even been in a commercial. I don't know. But Blitz and Trapper falls into that folksy thing where I just want to listen to them nonstop in the fall. Yeah, and I actually don't have a music recommendation, but the book I want to recommend is titled Bonfire. So it still kind of has a fall theme to it because, you know, this is around the time of year you start to go out and hang out and have bonfires, or at least that's what people do at the beach here. I don't know about you. So what people read at bonfires? What? No, 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 they just have bonfires in the fall at the beach. Oh, oh, okay. The book just happens to be titled Bonfire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where I I just spaced out clearly. (laughs) But no, they hold bonfires in the fall on the East Coast. I mean, how else are we supposed to stay warm besides wearing cozy flannels and drinking hot cider or, you know, burrito coats? Yeah, well, like here, it's a very specific area of the beach that you can have bonfires. You can't just go start a bonfire where there isn't a designated bonfire pit. So I wasn't sure if you guys had anything in Virginia where you could just not have bonfires outside other than at your house or something like that. (laughs) I think it might depend on ordinances with fires and stuff. Um, If it's been a particularly dry season, it's something that's discouraged. But if it's been a decent season where we're not in a drought, then they're like, fine, you can have a bonfire. I remember at Penn State Harrisburg in the middle of the fall semester they had a huge bonfire in the middle of the campus and people just burn like pallets and stuff so I think it's just a whatever goes thing okay so that definitely works out we can both have bonfires so we're good but yeah this book is by Kristen Ritter who 
is in fact the Christian Ritter who plays Jessica Jones. So it's always interesting to me when actors and actresses choose to write fiction books in particular, because typically when you see a book by a celebrity, you figure the book's going to be a book about them and their lives, because that's typically what celebrities write about their own lives. And for Christian Ritter, she's going the fiction route. And this book, it definitely had some Jessica Jones vibes to it. And I think that's what drew me to it, because it's sort of this thriller. She, the main character, she goes back home and she's this lawyer now and she's trying to figure out this particular case and it takes her back to someone who ended up dead. And it's just one of those stories where you think you know who was involved and then it just gives you all these different twists and turns. And by the time the book ends, you're just like, how did we even get here sort of thing? And I really personally enjoy those stories. And Megan, I know since you are also a big reader, I think this is something you would certainly enjoy. I'll have to keep that one in mind. Like I have a long list of books I want to read, just haven't gotten around to doing it. I mean, I finally read Fun Home, (laughs) which was high up on my long, long list. So we'll see. I understand the never ending list. Yeah, it's still pretty yes. new. I think it came out a few, not even a few weeks ago. It came out this month, though, so it might take your library a little time to get it, depending on how quickly your library gets new releases. Because I know with our library system here, if it's not like, you know, a Stephen King, John Grisham, or one of those big bestseller artists where every book is a bestseller automatically, pretty much, it might take them a little longer to get to it. But because she is an actress, I feel like they might be getting these in a little quicker than usual. Oh, yeah. It's in my library system. If I were to put a hold on it, I'd be number uh, 14 on four different copies. That's not too bad. I mean, to put it into perspective, I am waiting on two books that I've already put on hold that are still fairly new, like the new David Sedaris book and Unbelievable by Katie Turr about last year's election. So the David Sedaris book, Theft by Finding, I am number 11 on four different copies. And on Katie Turr's book, I'm number 12 on eight copies. And it has been this way since September 25th. Mm. So it sounds like people are really bad at returning their books. (laughs) Probably. Or there was just a high amount of demand. Also true. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. So like I mentioned at the top of the episode, these are just going to be a few in-between episodes here. And we do have another season that we are planning out. And, you know, if it feels like it's taking us a little while to get these seasons going we will certainly pop in and drop some of our more usual episodes like this one just talking about music what we're listening to you know and not necessarily tie it into the new season just so we can keep giving you guys some content while we are working out our plans and if you guys enjoyed the first season that we did please feel free to tweet at us email us it'll all be in the show notes on modern-vinyl.com and We would definitely love any feedback or suggestions on season ideas, or if you guys are digging this format, just let us know, and we will certainly check Twitter and the email frequently. 
Yep, we do appreciate feedback always, too. Yes, absolutely. That wraps it up today. As always, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.